0: Hello
1: everybody, welcome to Sports Scope, I'm your host Robert Butler. Uh, Good show tonight, it's been a long week, uh, but since last Friday I want to say, or might have been Thursday actually, I had uh, my work would not let me uh, use my work tablet, so I had to Order a tablet Saturday from um, from Best Buy and wait for it to come in. So this, I cannot do a Periscope Twitter show live. So I'm just doing the podcast and the uh, Facebook program. And uh, been a been a crappy week. Uh, yesterday was a bad, rough uh, weather situation here in Nashville, Tennessee area. I didn't get home till very late. Pouring down rain. So pretty much... A good prediction for SportsCope, if there is a torrential downpour in the Nashville, Tennessee area and Middle Tennessee from 5 p.m. to 7.30 to 8.30 p.m., that range, usually I'm not going to get home to almost 9 o'clock. It takes me two, preferably three hours to prepare for the program. I'm usually exhausted by then. This has been a stretch. I have to look back and not be so irritated with uh, the crap that I have had to deal with leading up to this because I have took this program from one day a week, which used to be on Sundays, to five days a week, now reduced down to four, and here lately, three. But I've uh, tripled the uh, exposure uh, uh, and and the footage uh, that you get of SportsCope since July of last year. So we're on tremendous success. Last week had 6,000 plus views on a program that I have pinpoint on Twitter. So the program's growing. Just doing some growing pains and working out some things there. Uh, the Pro Bowls came out tonight. And I will say this. There is um, this Ravens football team. Has had one of the most prestigious 12 and 2 seasons that I've ever seen up to this point. You got two weeks to go. Uh, They have the best record in the NFL. They have the uh, MVP likely in Lamar Jackson, second year player in the NFL. I did not predict it. He is not my MVP, and I will go over that. I will say this. He has had a well of a season. Uh, I was looking at some of his numbers, and I will read over that here in a minute. But as I mentioned before on this program, this is a total team effort from Steve Busciotti to uh, the former general manager, uh, Ozzie Newsom. Now this Eric DeCosta, uh, he's the current general manager. Uh, all the way down to obviously John Harbaugh and putting together this team around Lamar Jackson. Remember he was a draft pick at the bottom of the first round. He was not the first uh, player pick in the first round. Remember they drafted Hayden Hurst, who's now starting to get his footing in as a tight end. Although the other tight end they drafted that year, Mark Andrews out of Oklahoma, uh, was the early success and become an early favorite target for this young quarterback. So I want to read over that because this is the newest story. I do want to get into Drew Brees' success with uh, with the um, New Orleans Saints and the and how ego can can hurt a person. This is a lesson learned. I'll get to that in a little minute. And a little bit of, uh, but I do want to get to the big story that came out tonight. Okay. Okay. Lamar Jackson ended the break. Listen to this, everybody. This is how big a season they're having. Now, I will say this. What I'm about to read, uh, 12 Pro Bowls is the most any team, one team has had since the 2007 Dallas Cowboys. Now, remember, that 2007 Dallas Cowboys was a great 13-3 and team. That was the team that uh, uh, Terrell Owens was crying at and, and, and Tony Romo's my quarterback. That was the year that Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson. And and, and during the bye week, he, he, he went down to – Cabo or Cancun, somewhere in Mexico, got a lot of heat for that. And, you know, uh, they were coached by Wade Phillips. They looked really good. And then they got off their bye week, and then they played a hot Giants team and got beat. That Giants team went on to later on to beat the undefeated New England Patriots. The rest is history. Okay? So this could be a lot of success early for a young team and I'm going to get to that. But the, the season that they've had is unbelievable. And, and John Harbaugh is a coach who's won a Super Bowl. And he is going to have to tone this team down not to feel themselves so much for at the accolades they got this evening. This is huge, okay? Uh, Jamison Hensley. This is at 7.15 this, this evening. I just printed this out about an hour and a half ago. So this is very fresh, okay? Lamar Jackson ended the Baltimore Ravens 23-year drought without a Pro Bowl quarterback. I did not know that. Uh, Joe Flacco never made the Pro Bowl, not even as an alternate, okay? The former quarterback. Jackson, a front-runner, and and Flacco, by the way, for those of you who don't know, helped this Baltimore team win a Super Bowl back in 2012, 2013, for the record. Okay, Jackson was a front-runner for the uh, most valuable player, the first quarterback since way back, since Vinny Testaverde in ninth, Vinny Testaverde in 1996 in the franchise's inaugural season, first year they moved back from uh, moved from Cleveland back to Baltimore. Remember, Baltimore originally lost their team in the early 80s to the, which later became the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Very interesting setup here. A lot of historical data that came out tonight that I don't think any of us really thought about. The only team that's currently gone longer without one is the Miami Dolphins, whose last Pro Bowl was Dan Marino in 1995. I was 14 years old, according to Elias Sports Bureau. In his first full season, Lamar Jackson leads the NFL with 33 touchdowns, passes, and his run... For a single-season record, 1,100 and and three yards for a quarterback. He also topped all players in the year's uh, fan voting at 700,699. Is nearly 165,000 more than any other player. Uh, And it goes on, it says, you know, the CSPN article says, the Ravens are 12-2, have the NFL's best record, tied the mark for the most players on initial Pro Bowl roster prior to any injury replacements, and currently breaks second league history to, again, like I said, that 2007 Dallas Cowboy team that was filling themselves to ultimately lost their divisional game to the New York Giants, who eventually won the Super Bowl that year. And of course, it says the the Saints topped uh, NFC teams with seven selections. Um, Jordan Jackson were six players of the league's highest scoring offense. Think about this: Mark Ingram, tight end. Mark Andrews was a second round pick that was just talking about the other tight end uh, from Oklahoma. Fullback Patrick Ricard. Uh, they put a fullback in the Pro Bowl. Yes. Guard, Marshall, Yanda, and offensive tackle, Ronnie Stanley. The other pro bowlers from Baltimore, Marcus Peters. Now, he was through a trade, a midseason trade. Marlon Humphrey, Earl Thomas' offseason signing, middle linebacker Matthew Judon, lone snapper even made it, Morgan Cox, and of course their kicker is a first ballot hall of fame, Justin Tucker, probably the best kicker currently in the league at this point. Uh, the talk now, and I've said this the entire season, uh, Seattle as a team I think is a fraud. The highest played, uh player, or one of the highest-paid players, I think he's second, is uh, Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind. He don't have Lamar's numbers, but Lamar – has 11 more pro bowlers no okay 10 excuse me 10 you don't take lamar now or yeah 11 actually uh, the the Seahawks Seattle has Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner now I said that from the get go Tyler Locker didn't make the pro bowl uh, nobody else in the offense made it Chris Carlson didn't make it he's a fumble There's too many other good running backs in the NFC. So they're 11-3. They currently, they Seattle, have the number one seed in the NFC. Baltimore has the number one seed in the NFL. Baltimore has 12 pro bowlers to two. And you want to say 1-11 to if you want to take LeBar himself and Russell Wilson himself. So, Russell Wilson is my MVP. Now, I'll say this. No matter what happens in this season, uh, people like me who's a cynic, I I said that that the offensive coordinator uh, would be fired by now and the Ravens would be struggling to – to make amends for the Lamar Jackson pick. I was totally 110% wrong. No matter what happens over the next two weeks, uh, even if they get put out in the playoffs, I would say that this team is a tremendous, this is uh, a good lesson to be learned from how to build a business uh, from, from from Steve Busciotti, who who who's won uh one super bowl he was I don't think he was the owner when they won in 2000 I know it wasn't it was the Modell family and on his way to getting his team back to the playoffs the owner for making the right moves and Ozzie Nuson Ozzy Nuson I remember the draft in 2018 thinking He's reaching for Lamar Jackson. And the right tackle, excuse me for a second, everybody. I mean, that was his last year. The right tackle he took, Orlando Brown from Oklahoma, had arguably one of the worst combines in in, in the combine history. It was like he ran like a 5'8, 240. Now he was a right tackle. Uh, they're not necessarily the offensive lineman going to be the fastest guys on the field, but he didn't lift well. He, he, his his footwork was terrible. His his forty time was god awful. Five eight two. Uh, there was a Bleacher Report that said this is one of the worst compounds ever, and I thought they took him in the third round. What a bust, you know. And they drafted Hayden Hurst, a tight end out of Arkansas, over Lamar Jackson, the now MVP. Then they drafted Lamar Jackson, Uh, then Mark Andrews, then this guy Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown is the starting right tackle for this team. Uh, Ozzie Newsom, uh, he has so much credit for, for what he has done. Uh, you cannot give a guy. And then this guy, uh, he, he helped build uh, the first Super Bowl, the first two Super Bowl teams. And, you know, he's retired now. Uh, and, and now this Eric DaCosta is taking over the Ravens. But if you look at the fact that he, he took a chance on this guy with this god awful combine, and then he took another Oklahoma player, Mark Andrews, who catches everything in sight from Lamar Jackson immediate chemistry, hit it out of the park with him. And then the year before that, he takes the other left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, who made the Pro Bowl this year, picks him up. I mean, this is a total – team. this is the most team effort owner, general manager, head coach, quarterback, uh, offensive coordinator I've ever seen. It's usually someone – just gobbles up all the, uh, or two people gobble up all the credit. Billichek Brady, Montana Walsh, uh, Jimmy Johnson uh, primarily got most of the credit there. Uh, of course, you want to credit uh, the offensive line, Edmund Smith, the all-time Russian leader with that Dallas dynasty. But I- I've never seen, I guess because his uh, the unorthodox style, Uh, uh, of Lamar Jackson, and the fact that Greg Roman, uh, the offensive coordinator, uh, put this system in there, and John Harbaugh, uh, being the head coach that he is, relinquishing that power to this offensive coordinator and and trusting his general manager, uh, DaCosta, and, of course, Ozzie Newsome. DaCosta's been here since... 2011 and now uh he's taking over for Ozzy Newsom, and 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 you know like i said in business typically there's a book called good to great company uh companies by john collins i think uh it's called good to great companies I know i can't remember the author's name was several years ago and it says some of the best uh management is made from in-house now, in the NFL, typically, when you put up an assistant coach that takes over, it usually just don't work. I don't know for whatever reason. I've been watching this game for practically 30 years, but real close to past um, uh, 18, 19, where I watch all the management moves. I watch a free agent. I watch it real in depth. And it just typically don't work that way. But in moves like, Baltimore following up a team in their division, the uh, the Steelers who have six Super Bowls. It, it works. It works if you have a long term, long game approach like they have. Uh, you know, uh, Ozzie Newsom steps out. This guy DeCosta steps right in. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, thinking that John Harbaugh's just basically lost his team. He, he's went over that ten year mark. Uh, that maybe his message was getting stale. Joe Flacco was not playing up the par when they won a Super Bowl. He's always going through offensive coordinators. He has a special teams and defense background, John Harbaugh. He doesn't really have an offensive background like his brother Jim. Totally wrong about that. And, you know, it's just amazing the, the, the trust and the foundation that uh, like I said, Steve Biscotti has, has, uh, has bought into has has had this team buy into with their general manager, with their their scouts and personnel people, trusting these guys, understanding that this guy, Ozzie Newsom, who worked with Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, uh, come over from that Cleveland staff. And uh, there there was a story that he held on to the paperwork and and the scouting notes after he separated from Bill Belichick with Cleveland, him being Ozzie Newsom, and kept the notes on Ray Lewis, the middle linebacker, out of Miami and uh, ended up drafting him, turned out to be a staple of the team, one of the greatest middle linebackers of all time. Some can say he was the best of his era by all means. A first ballot hall of famer but uh it, it just you know that whole organizational from 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 the top down i've never seen where everybody had a hand in this and of course lamar jackson himself the guy that put in the work the guy that put on the weight um i still say the jury's out on this style this this tremendous running style that they do i still think that the league uh, hasn't had enough time to catch up to it and right now everybody and their brother has Kent has Baltimore like I said Lamar Jackson he is setting all these records uh he's setting uh he, he leads the league in NFL touchdowns he leads the league in rushing no NFL writer is going to not put him in now I'm, I'm sorry I know that this Seattle team these pro bowlers prove it they don't have the squad that this Baltimore Ravens team does but it usually goes to best player uh best team with best record and that's usually the story in the NBA as well so I'm not going to lose any sleep if Lamar Jackson gets it if I were a bat man I'd bet Lamar Jackson is going to get the most valuable player now like I said before do you really want the most valuable player I've mentioned that before. Um, How many MVPs have won Super Bowls? Not many over the last 20 years. Because that means the team leans too much on that one player when you get in close playoff games. That comes back and bites you. I still subscribe to that. I didn't say Super Bowl MVP. I said regular season MVP. Just go back and look at the uh, last year. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tom Brady won it uh, one year. And uh, the year before that, they lost the Philadelphia game. Just go back year after year after year, and you're going to realize, oh, wow, not too many's won over the past. I want to say like maybe three, if that, over the past 20 years have that's uh, won the MVP. That team's won the Super Bowl. So it's not a good reward to get. And and in which. Leads me to, um, to to my other story here. I want to go. I'll, I'll get to that uh, Drew Brees record-setting night last night. But my team, my lead team in the NFL right now, not just the AFC, the NFL is not the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody's picking the Ravens as as, as the top seed, not just in, in the AFC, but, but in the NFL as well mine is mine is this Kansas City uh, Chiefs team who just simply by the way they they beat uh, Lamar Jackson twice this Kansas City now this was in Kansas City uh, this was last year and it was early this year both of these games were in Kansas City uh you know I'll give that up but I felt like this team, was always playing catch up to the um, to the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't feel like Kansas City really had to come back on the Ravens. I felt like Kansas City held their own. Uh, the Chiefs come off a major emotional game against the uh, New England Patriots, first time winning in Foxboro in a long time, uh, getting getting that that monkey off their back getting back on the winning track, beating the big, bad Belichick. Then they come home thinking everybody's thinking they're going to be flat. I'm one of those people. And they held Denver, a hot team who beat uh, Houston the week before that, a playoff t- a team that's going to win the AFC South and and, and completely dominate this um, Denver team. Now you can say, well, Denver playing a rookie, whatever. Last two games, uh, 52 yards rushing to Denver, and that's with Phillip Lindsay. Uh, very impressive running back there. Running game for Denver, 74 to New England, 74 to New England. That was at New England. And both of these games, it's real important that people uh, keep the keep up with this. They did not have their starting running back, Damien Williams. Uh, They're having to make up running schemes as they go. They meaning primarily Andy Reid. LaShawn McCoy's washed up. I want to say this rookie guy, Thompson, just doesn't have a lot of burst. Remember last year they had to cut Cream Hunt. Look how good Cream Hunt is playing right now. Probably an overreaction. Uh, Then they underreacted with Tyree Kill. I still say they should have went after more defensive players. Uh, when the dry, when the trade deadline came up in, in October, but they didn't do that. Uh, I've scolded uh, Andy Reid, and rightfully so. I don't take back any of those criticisms of Andy Reid's time management in the past, uh, paying too much uh, attention to that side of the ball, to the offensive side of the ball, and not the defensive side of the ball, putting too much concentration in play column rather than, than game management time management went into his uh his only super bowl appearance with uh pro owens and and uh, donovan McNabb. his lack of uh time management in that game they cost the eagles uh, that particular super bowl but uh that being said let me uh, change out my podcast everybody real quick okay all right now now that being said uh, Steve Spagnuolo, Steve Spagnuolo, excuse me, is, is doing a good job. He, his four or three concepts are starting to sink in. The team is starting to catch up to, to what he's preaching week in and week out, and their run defense has gotten better. Like I said, they've had the last two opponents under 100 yards, uh, and one of those was a world road game. Now they've got the play at the bears. Last I read this evening, Damien Williams could possibly have came back last week. He, he was fighting the illness. He still got those injury, uh, rib injury. Now, if he can come back this week and play against the bears and say, for instance, they win great. Um, but if, if uh, new England, if New England beats Buffalo, or if it's a situation where um, they play Buffalo first before Kansas City plays, and I know how the NFL is probably going to do this, they're probably going to. Um, I, don't, I can't, I haven't looked that far yet and see if they play Buffalo this week or New England plays Buffalo next. I don't think they can. I don't think Miami can beat them. they got to play Miami and Buffalo. I know that, for instance. But uh, if it's a case where they've already beat Buffalo and Kansas City cannot get that two seed, because remember, Kansas City beat them. Kansas City has four losses. The Patriots have three. If Kansas City can win the next two and say the Patriots lose to Buffalo in one of the next two games, Kansas City will hold that tiebreaker, and they will have that two seed. Which would be huge. If something happens where Buffalo beats the Patriots and can Kansas City uh could get that two seed, they want to arrest this other guy, uh, Damon Williams. But if, if they knock out Buffalo, they need to arrest Damon Williams. That guy is the only real threat that they that they that they have at running back. He is the only guy that can um, they can take him to promised land, I think. Uh, I think they've really slid by. Now, they did not have this guy a few weeks ago, and it went to New England and beat New England. Remember, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes had a sore hand in the second half. Uh, they had a uh, bruised hand. They, they weren't sure, the doctors, if it was broken or not. Uh, the MRI showed it wasn't broken, obviously. They came back and won this past week. It throw some beautiful passes in the snow, and they beat Denver. The rest is uh, history, obviously. But uh, that was an impressive win. That was a confidence builder, you know. And, and of course, if they don't make this, they have uh, themselves only to blame. They, they lost to a Houston team they should not have lost to. Uh, they lost at Tennessee off of a botch kick. Uh, They shouldn't have lost it, although Tennessee's playing much better. Houston's going to be a playoff team. Tennessee may be a playoff team. But anyways, let's let's go back to the other team. Had seven pro bowlers. Uh, They are currently a two seed in the NFC, and that is the New Orleans Saints. Last night, Drew Brees had another record-setting night, uh, 540 touchdowns. Uh, Drew Brees has now set three major passing records all on Monday Night Football. I mean, this team is fantastic on Monday Night Football. Uh, They seem to run up the score. I know Sean Payton and Drew Brees, uh, he he has the most all-time passing yards. Set that, uh, what was it, 540 yards, I want to say. In the pro, yeah, 540 touchdowns uh beating painting manning last night now mind you he is uh he's 30 he's 40 and uh tom brady's 42 for the record and tom brady's not that far off i think he's like three touchdowns shy but he's also two years younger than brady uh some will say this could be brady's last year some will say maybe brady plays somewhere else next year i'm not really sure but anyways, uh, he has the most yards in a single season. He has the most yards of all time, and he has the most touchdowns of all time. Uh, I, I wanted to go back in history here. and I was thinking last night, A.J. Smith. First of all, I was doing some research last night, even though I got home really late. I wanted to do some research last night because in, in the midst of doing a program last night, and I wanted to look back at the team who drafted Drew Brees, uh, the San Diego Chargers, uh, with and with Marty Schottenheimer being the head coach, and um, this team uh, making ways with Drew Brees, getting to be better. Brees has a shoulder injury, and the. Uh, they they trade. Uh, they they get a new GM. I don't know if one of the other GMs. Uh, I don't know if he died or whatever. Something happened. But either way, two thousand one. AJ Smith takes over as the general manager. Very effective. And this team. I was looking up at they're ninety eight and ten with him as the GM. But you know, in two thousand and four. They have a bad season, and they have the number one pick. They draft Eli, Man- even though, listen, they've got Drew Brees, The guy that, that in 2004, if you go 15 years later, is still making way. They drafted Drew Brees in the second round, okay? Mind you this. And so in 2004, they they. They draft Drew they draft Eli Manning. Eli and, and Archie come to them and say, We're not going to play for you. We want to play for the Giants. Work out something there. The Giants got the two. So they work out a trade, and that rest is history there. They they get they get they get Phillip Rivers. And and, and the um, and the Giants get Eli Manning. And then Breeze. Uh, plays the 2004, 2005, and then in two, March of 2006 with a shoulder injury, um, used as an excuse. See, this AJ, uh, uh what's it AJ Smith, this general manager, did not draft Drew Brees, but Marty Schottenheimer a very good coach, uh, a little conservative at times, one of the better regular season coaches of all time, says to the general manager, I want to keep this guy. I watch him every day. I know what kind of dog work ethic Drew Brees has. He is not 6'4", 225. He's six foot tall. He's not prototypical, but he runs with the skilled players. He's one of the hardest working guys I've ever coached. I've been around for a long time. I took the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, you know, only to lose to John Elway a couple of times. But Marty Schopenhauer was a really good regular season coach. Uh, Had the the reputation of uh, run, run, punt, uh, nicknamed Marty Ball in the 80s and all that stuff. We get that. But my thing is, this guy had every indication that Drew Briggs was the guy. He could have used that pick, traded it down, and history could have changed. But because of his ego, because it had to be about A.J. Smith, that tremendous errors being made. And I look back on this historic day, after that historic night last night, when Drew Brees threw his 540th touchdown, talked about it as the all-time pass leader, uh, this guy has won a Super Bowl, first Super Bowl ever for for the Saints. Uh, three years after after God awful Hurricane Katrina uh, devastated that city, it's like God set this whole thing up behind the scenes. And this is a this is a story coming back from uh, way back in 2006. So I had, even then, I thought to myself, you know, the, the Saints are really taking a, a big risk with this guy with this shoulder injury. And, uh, uh, you know, the it looks like that the Chargers are going to get this big-time quarterback that people keep talking about out of college, just Phillip Rivers, guys. But let me read you this story, trip down memory lane, and, and, and look at, if you think about the, the, the salaries of quarterbacks now, look what Drew Brees has done for the city of New Orleans. This is a bargain. Uh, Breeze, let's see. This is from John Clayton, ESPN. He don't even work with ESPN now. I think he's um, working Seattle Radio. Ten-year, uh, $60 million. Uh, six-year, $60 million, $10 million bonus. Uh Six-year, $10 million a year, $10 million bonus is peanut change. That was in 2006. Mind you, this guy makes about thirty five million now. Uh, same amount that uh, Russell Wilson makes, around 30 plus million a year. Just giving an indication of how much that position's valued and the explosion of that. But I thought it was a big risk then. What a gamble that paid off. So – the Saints, uh, the contract includes $12 million option due next spring, which is in 2007, $3 million. Uh, quote, I felt the energy in New Orleans, Breeze says Tuesday, the Tuesday night he signed. From the very beginning, there's a genuine feeling that they wanted me there. They believe I can come back here from shoulder injury and lead them to a championship. They were confident as I am, and that meant a lot. Breeze Says he hopes to be throwing by mid April and expects to play at some point in 2006. He does play. I'm going uh I'm going to be rocking and rolling soon. Saints general manager Mickey Loomis, who is still there, by the way. And a few years ago, Loomis drafted the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. Um Loomis tells the reporters, it was back in 06. Uh, the Saints uh, suburb training, uh, suburban training facility Tuesday night, but declined to take questions saying he preferred to wait to the media conference scheduled Wednesday with Breeze and head coach Sean Payton. I'm just here to confirm that we have an agreement in principle with Drew and become a New Orleans Saint. Lumen says, we're real excited. And then it says, um, even though the Saints will be looking at Matt Leonard in a draft, that was a quarterback bust. They have Breeze as their starting quarterback that puts the Saints in position to possibly trade down from the number two spot to take defensive end Mario Williams. At that time, Reggie Bush was all-world, Heisman Trophy. Everybody and their brother thought that he was going to go to the number one pick to the Houston uh, Texans that year. The Texans fooled everybody and actually drafted this Mario Williams guy, and this all-purpose back ends up going to the Saints. So the Saints stole drew Brees, they stole him with that injury that that, that means uh six year 60 million dollars was a steal looking back on that today then then the two pick they draft uh, reggie bush now mind you he didn't have the pro career that everybody thought he was going to but he had a great career with uh the new orleans saints Mind you, three years later, that season included, this team won a Super Bowl. Now, uh now some people are saying, best of all time. No, you gotta win more than one Super Bowl. And Drew Brees, Mickey Loomis, uh, now I'll say this, I like Drew Brees, but later on in these other contracts, he was the highest paid quarterback highest-paid player in the league and a hard cap league. He did not want to take any kind of cut. They had to let go defensive player at the defensive player, and they just now got to the point where Loomis is just hitting it out of the park on these draft picks, and the cap keeps going up, 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 up. Now they're being able to do something. So if he takes a cap, if he takes some type of pay cut, now, I know, and I know people don't like me bringing a pay cut, pay, but this is the hard cap league, okay? If you want to be the best ever, you want to take some type of pay cut like Brady has. I don't know if they're circumventing the system, I'm just telling you the truth. If he does that, and say, for instance, this team, instead of going, there's a few nine and seven, eight and eight years in there, seven and nine years in there, that could have been Super Bowl winning team years for this team where they could have had a better defense, could have had better corners, uh, better better defensive line, and he gets, say, three Super Bowls and all those accolades, all-time touchdown leader, all-time passing leader, then you can put him in greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, that That is between, in my opinion, It's somewhere between Joe Montana with with four, Brady at number one. Now, Brady's got a lot of records, too, and may pass. He's got some single-season records as well. Uh, His records, I'm reading today, they they trump everybody else's if you add the postseason in because he's been in the postseason so much. So you want to put Brady number one, Montana, And then at three, my personally would probably be John Elway with with, with the five Super Bowl appearances, uh, the two Super Bowl wins. Now, remember, John Elway, I was thinking about this on the way home. If we could get the data on the lack of pro bowlers, lack of roster health uh, and coaching ability that John Elway had in the 80s. Remember, the salary cap wasn't even implemented to 1994 so he was going at a super disadvantage in the 80s against great 49er teams who got destroyed Dallas started to build up in the early 90s so John Elway took this team a nobody team to three Super Bowls that got destroyed he won his last two if you want to look at speed uh, size. John Elway could throw a football hundred yards. Uh, you want to look at intellect, all that with, with, with lack of player support. A lot of people, a lot, even with Brady with six rings, can make the argument that John Elway is the best quarterback of all time. Others would say, well, you know, four and oh, Joe Montana. West Coast offense, yada yada yada. A lot of people, myself included, will probably put Brady there. Okay. Every great quarterback has a great coach to complement them. So, but it Drew Brees to make a um to make an argument, say if he had two more rings. He has beaten some of Peyton's records already. He's beaten Peyton's touchdown, putting Peyton Manny's touchdown record. Uh, he has the yards record. He may play another two years. He may compile those records. You know? So, it's a lot to be thought about. He's not the greatest of all time. He's probably, I don't know, top five? Someone said he's top ten right now. With those Passing yard records, he's got three all-time records. I can I can without without even breaking this stuff down because it's kind of a lame market greatest of all time. Uh, I can easily say he's top ten. I would put him over a guy like say Terry Bradshaw had all those Pro Bowlers Pro Bowlers with him. Uh, you know he's right there with 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 Brady Montana Elway. Uh, now, remember, Peyton Manning has other records as well. Peyton has two Super Bowl rings. Remember that. He has two. You can say, well, he. Um, and Peyton has four appearances. Now, remember, keep this in mind, everybody. Tom Brady's got nine appearances, uh, John Elwood's got five appearances. Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw, and, and Joe Montana both have four appearances. Now, both of them are 4 0. Oh, uh, so that's something. Appearance means something. Getting to the Super Bowl is hell, guys. It's very difficult. And it's very difficult to go back to the Super Bowl. Brady's been to three straight, by the way. Okay. So uh, Brady, uh, Breeze has only been to one. Now, he's won that one, but he's only been to one. So it's kind of hot. And, you know, people want to say Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers been to one Super Bowl. We won it been a one okay uh so i got to that i know that a lot of people were interested about that i've got kansas city um right now again i want to emphasize i if the playoff started that i would pick kansas city that was my preseason favorite to win the super bowl right now i'm still gonna pick kansas city uh to get to the super bowl even over baltimore they, they're over baltimore my power rankings uh even though Baltimore went over and on about their 12 pro bowlers they have out tonight. So uh, I, I would definitely put them in the, uh, it's at a heck of a season for the Ravens. I do not want to take that away and a heck of a season for Lamar Jackson, uh, all time rushing leader for a quarterback. He leads the league with 33 passing touchdowns. So it's a well of a year for them, but I still like this chiefs team. There's just too many ways that can beat you offensively. And once they get the running back, Damian Williams, back, the fact they've already beat the Ravens, I don't think anybody in the NFC can beat this team, this particular team, with their improvement of their defensive line. So moving on, the other big story, Dallas uh, played the way Sunday that I thought they should play all year. This is the team that I thought that would win the NFC East. 117 yards out of Zeke Elliott. Forty-three receiving yards at Ezekiel Elliott, 263 rushing yards. Got the best offensive line in football, primarily for the entire season. They played a right tackle Lionel Hollins. Uh, Tyron Smith, arguably with the best left tackle. These guys pushed Aaron Donald, best defensive tackle in the league, around all over the place and ran the ball right down their throat. There was up 21 points for the majority of this game. This is the team that I thought that would play well. That game Sunday against the Rams, that's the way they should have beat Buffalo. Teams very similar records. They should have beat Buffalo like that. Now, I'm still in, in the, the rim that they need to move on from Jason Garrett. You don't have you should not have to wait till you're back against the wall to play up to your potential. Great coaches, great teams bring it week in and week out. Sometimes the ball bounces the wrong way. And like the old coach added says, some days you get the bear, and some days the bear gets you. But some days you just don't show up to play, and that's coaching. They didn't show up in that Chicago game and – uh. They, they, they were feeling sorry for themselves in the Buffalo Thanksgiving game coming back from that New England game who had a boatload of injuries. I had just a boat. New England could not get the ball down the field. So that was an impressive win. I think they're the better team than the Eagles. I think they'll beat the Eagles this week. That's not saying much. The Eagles are limping. Eagles are a player two away from losing to the lowly Giants a team that's still right there to get the number one pick with the Cincinnati Bengals. That's not saying much. This Eagle team did lose to Miami, another team right in the rim of getting the number one overall pick. That Eagles team is not that good. Uh, that's why it looked bad for, for for Green Bay to lose to them early in this season. They're just not that good, you know. So, I mean, the people, the Dallas lovers just say what they want, uh, They even if they win the NFC East, I still think they should probably move on from Jason Garrett. And the new coach, the new coach should have a say-so in whether he not want to keep Jack, uh, uh, Dak Prescott or not. You know, they were talking about, I was reading ESPN, talking about uh, Dak Prescott was snubbed for a pro. Uh, snubbed for what? He was snubbed from a Pro Bowl bid. They got one good win this year, and that was last Sunday, and that was when they ran two. and I don't have nothing against Dak Prescott, but I mean, come on with this Pro Bowl snub thing. This team is underachieved. They're seven and seven. Now teams can win the Super Bowl going nine and seven. The Giants did it that year. Um, by the way. The Dallas Cowboys in 2007 had 12 Pro Bowlers. Uh, they were really feeling themselves that year. And that was a year, I was talking about this earlier, that uh, uh, Tony Romo, uh, the bye week, went to Cabo with Jessica Simpson. And there was a lot of flack about that. He comes up. Long story short, when they played their divisional game, they lost that divisional game to the Giants, who later went on to win the Super Bowl, beat the undefeated uh, New England Patriots. That team was 9-7. This team was 13-3. Terrell Owens, Tony Romo, very talented Dallas team, uh, had all that great players and didn't do nothing in the playoffs. That could be a concern for... All this success and accolades that, that the Ravens are getting. So having a bunch of pro bowlers doesn't assure you a Super Bowl. That's the second most all-time Ravens have had, And a lot of that should go to Ozzie Newsom, the newly retired uh, former general manager of the Baltimore Ravens, and the owner for staying out of the way and letting him make those proper moves and 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 – communicating with john harbaugh there so just a little uh excerpt there going back so those are my notes there uh houston tennessee okay a lot of this talk about signing ryan Tannehill to a new deal and he's going to be the future and some people you hear people like marcellus wiley going ryan Tannehill, this ryan Tannehill, that Ryan Tannehill looked totally outclassed. I know he threw that interception at costly in the first half. They did come back and make a game out of it. But this Houston team, is they are – it's a three-point game. But their they're receivers and, 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 and Deshaun Watt, they're head and shoulders better than Tennessee. Uh, they're uh, – Kenny Steals. DeAndre Hopkins and, and, and Fuller, those three receivers, uh, they look wide open at times. They, they, they had 200-plus yards receiving, and Tennessee's very lucky to be there. Uh, it was a good showing by Derrick Henry in the rushing attack. He had 86 yards on a bad hamstring. I, I'll give him that. And um, But this team, Houston, is the class of the division there. Uh, I wouldn't be jumping to conclusions on this whole Ryan Tannehill giving him this big money. Uh, If if I'm the general manager, you want to talk about that at the end of the season. If you want to give this guy two years with with an out, with a third, I'm okay with that. 20 to 20, a Nick Foles type of contract. Don't pay this guy no big four to five year, $100 million contract. That's foolish. Uh, I just would not do that just because he's had a few good games, one of them being against the the Oakland Raiders who had no pass rush, who lost again to Jacksonville. Another one was a botched uh, field goal, ran back for a touchdown against a banged-up Saints team. Another one where your running back runs wild against the Kansas City Chiefs and they miss a field goal at the end. That's just hit-and-miss games there. I just don't see that. Not saying he's terrible, but I would not just go all in on a guy like that. So that's just my food for thought on that game. Houston is the class of the AFC South. And uh, that is my major observations. I will be back on probably Thursday, maybe tomorrow, depending on what type of issue I have with traffic over the next two days. I won't have a show Friday. I'll probably do that show on Saturday. Sometime I have a Christmas party to go to. But uh, thank you guys for bearing with me. The next two days, hopefully I'll have my tablet and I'll be able to get set up on all links on my Periscope and uh, Twitter. If you guys um, just follow the the Facebook, obviously, uh, uh, Sportsscope, the word sports, the word S-K-O-P-E. You follow the Facebook page there. You can also just uh, Google the word sports, S-K-O-P-E, for the um, for the uh, podcast as well. So, anyways, have a good night, everybody. I will talk to you sometimes in the next day or so. We'll go over more NFL storylines and uh, maybe talk a little NBA here on SportsCope. Have a good night, everybody.